0: Welcome back. It is Six Pack Lapidat and Paul Marin's in the day after New Year's we're recording this. When it actually drops. Um, I mean, I'm going to, okay, just to catch everybody up. Got married last night and tomorrow I'm leaving to Mexico for a week. So we're going to record this today and I'll drop it in a few days and then when we come back we'll pick back up. Drop it from Mexico. Drop it from Mexico.
1: That's that's dedication right there.
0: But, um, so I am all types of hungover
1: right now. And you didn't even drink
0: last night, which is crazy, because you drink every other night. I know, I
1: I pulled the uh, quick switch.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, I fucking drank like a fish last
1: night. Beers were flowing. Friggin' the family was out. It was crazy last night. Yeah, no, I personally, I'm not a huge, I don't see a point. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but... New Year's doesn't get me all hot and bothered. Like it's not any sort of like special day for me, blah blah blah. See, this I is I don't this is the funny thing, okay. So I get
0: it. Um, sort of. The only thing is, with the holidays, it gives you something to look forward to. True. An excuse to get together, an excuse for friends to have cocktails. The older you get, the more you need some excuses like that. You know, in in, in life in general, you need certain dates to look forward to. Otherwise you just live in days are flying off the
1: calendar and then you die. Yeah. <laughs> you know has got I'm a That's got, got you, a very morbid, I, very quick. Get, I'm hungover. Yeah. Okay. But, <laughs> you're like, and then you die. Probably, from the, you, probably from the hangover. And then you die. But, so that's why you got to like
0: celebrate little milestones. No, <laughs> I, I get
1: it. Honestly, this year I was just social out to begin with though. I've had something on the go every single week and it seems like since the start of December I was out for family gatherings and stuff and friends yeah. gatherings every single day this past yeah. week. I was just like, Nothing? I've had enough.
0: See, I'm entering into this... Um, I entered into the holidays, low 180s in body weight. And I'm an 83 kilo guy. And I don't mind um, coming in on like from cutting weight from about 190, 191. But uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm a little lighter. Man, I have... With the amount of booze and living the life I've been doing... Very quickly I'm gonna be a buck ninety or be have to cut down to a buck ninety. I figured you're about one oh five. Exactly. Dude, I'm gaining weight quickly, but I'm definitely living life. And so talking about like milestones like, uh oh, sometimes you are supposed to do it for me. So when me and Kathleen first started dating, our anniversary was Canada Day. So every single day for like everyone around the world, that's Canada's birthday. So Fireworks! Every single anniversary we have fireworks and all these specials and shit like that going on. So it's like a big deal. It's easy to celebrate it. Now every single anniversary for us being married is fucking New Year's. The whole thing: ball drops, fireworks, restaurants are on. Let's face it. For you, it's
1: easy to remember when it actually is. Never forget. Yeah, exactly.
0: Dude, it's super. uh, Yeah, that's what I would always tell people. Try to find a day like that so that no matter what, it's going to be easy to celebrate it. You know what I mean? And the next day for hero net, we will always have a day off work. Although one
1: can make the argument that clearly your ego is so big that you're wanting to take away from Canada Day and New Year's dude, I, to I, celebrate I, yourself. I tell people, oh, look at that, the government's putting up fireworks
0: for us again, man. I made a couple <laughs> phone calls. No, dude. And I get the next day off work, which is amazing.
1: Which is for brilliant, that actually. That's, that's really, that's, that's the, the a, genius that's behind the it. Of it.
0: Yeah, that's the genius behind it. But, um, yeah, besides that, oh, on the weekend, I don't know if you heard, did you, did
1: you, you didn't yeah, you watch. Did you watch UFC? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. Okay. I was trying to remember if you were here. I was supposed to, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, see, you and your brother. I was supposed to, but yeah, I had family over and yeah, they didn't yeah, want to yeah, come yeah. and I felt bad ditching them, so... Yeah,
0: should have, but anyway...
1: Probably should have.
0: Um, yeah, so it's kind of controversial. We haven't seen anything as powerlifting. But did you care about what's going on with John Jones?
1: No, actually. So, I haven't read anything about the fights or what the outcomes were. Or leading up to them. Yeah. Have
0: you ever heard of the controversy? Well, of the drug I know the controversy
1: of the drug test and John Jones and. So, okay,
0: maybe you did, but maybe you don't know the. It's been thicker. The plot thickens. Put it that way. So he failed the drug test, got stripped of his title when he knocked out Daniel Cormier, suspended for four years by USADA, which is the US chain of uh, WADA. Yeah. And then, um, so four years. Then, after a year and a half, they say, "Oh, he's working with us," i.e., ratting on other people. We assume. Somebody's coming back early after a year and a half instead of four years. And everyone's like, well, this is new. We never heard of any other fighter in the UFC, yeah. certainly on the powerlifting game. I think, I don't know what's different. But we don't, you never hear about, well, he's coming back early because he's working, quote unquote, working with us. So, anyways, all right, that's kind of new. And then just got released leading into this fight. He had failed four drug tests. But they said, oh, it's because he has residual, you know, the, the metabolites in a system. It's not triggering drug tests. He's failing them but but, yeah. but the UFCs carefully warning the PR really triggered, they said, don't use the word failed. And then when they came out, the one guy, Naitzsky who works for the UFC said, um, yeah, so he failed the drug test and Dana looked at him. and is like, <laughs> and then from there on um, use the term triggered and you could tell it's like, hey, bro, yeah. remember backstage when we said we don't use the term failed drug test, but anyways, so, um, the USADA was saying, well, we think it's from the previous use. It's not Double Jeopardy. You can't punish him twice. But usually, you don't license the guy until he doesn't have it in his system anymore. Because yeah. if you do, and then you play this game, you, for here on out, give him a pass to have this crap in his system. Yeah, and he can microdose
1: for here not, on out. Not just that. Because it's USADA, though. Isn't this opening up huge ramifications for everything from, like, Everything. Olympics, powerlifting, Everything. anything that they do. Yeah. So it's
0: interesting. From that standpoint, it leads questions. I know in powerlifting, we never get this. Nobody, look at MMA. I've never
1: heard of it in IOC either. Like,
0: like, like nobody's getting that. So that's where it's like, how, how so? Explain to me. So in Jeff Nowitzki, worked for the USDA now works for the USC, And he gets paid, whatever his salary is, put it this way. For the USC to change, so they had to change venue. Because Nevada was like, we can't license this guy. This sounds fuck. They didn't know that he'd failed four tests. So they said, when they found out, they're like, we can't give him a license. We have to look into this. California raises their hand and said, we'll take him. We'll take the venue. USC, switching from Nevada to California um, yep. within like three days, lost an estimated $6 million off the gate because it's a much smaller venue. Yep. $6 million off the gate. Okay, that's that's what their loss was, and they're still gonna gain money, make money for it. Yeah, finish. which is
1: nothing for UFC.
0: So if you think about this, if you work for USADA, if you work for whoever the shit, and you make even a hundred grand a year, look, I'm in a whole six mil. What do you want to make this happen? Half a mil? That's fuck all compared to I'm taking a yeah. bath of six mil. What do I gotta do pay you to make this happen? I will five times your salary in one day right now in a duffel bag.
1: If you you know what I'm saying? like It opens up a huge, huge. It,
0: it, if you want to Chance hear. controversy. And if you want to hear something even scarier. Um, so, Jeff Nowitzki was on the Joe Rogan show. And he previously was called the Golden Snitch. He's the guy who's going through Lance Armstrong's trash, looking to nail Lance Armstrong. That's Jeff Navinsky. For anyone who doesn't know who this is, this guy was relentless in terms of chasing dirty athletes and baseball, cycling, whatever the shit, relentless. And then he's crossed over to the UFC. And he said, I resented the Golden Snitch, um, you know, nickname because it made it seem like I was, I wanted to go after these athletes and I wanted to like sink their careers. And he goes, I just wanted to do my job. And he said himself, I don't blame a guy. If you're from humble beginnings and you have a chance to make $10 million contract. Hey, I personally, I probably do the same. That's your job, but it's my job to stop you. I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along that. Yeah. So when he just said, now listen to this for a second here. He just said, if you're from humble beginnings making X amount, you have a chance of making ten mil, whatever, millionaire by doing this. I don't blame you by making these choices when you're providing for a family. But Jeff, if you're the guy running the doping, anti-doping, what if the USC comes to you and says, you have a family?
1: Exactly. i give you millions. Jeff, you just showed your hand, sir. Yep. You just showed you what just people showed, were worried you about. You just showed that you have a price. Yes, that's
0: exactly <laughs> what he just said. Nope, everyone glossed over it when he said that. And I was like, I don't think you should say that, Jeff. And, um, and clearly, he left USADA and his works for USC. He literally So I don't know, whatever. Make of it what you will, okay? But um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Anyways, uh, let me just see here. We got a little... Oh, there's Ashton Ruska right there. He changed his Skype account. So I thought that was interesting. Um another thing so t- bring it back so like it's that it might not right that this seems fucked up and that's why oh, people, it seems
1: incredibly yeah. screwed up. Like that's and I said, when you're, one, when you're the governing body and you come out saying stuff like that, yeah. you're just opening up a huge can of controversy. Yeah, yeah. You're just showing that you've got a price.
0: And I don't know how it all works in terms of like, um, you know, all their sports. Because they work with other sports. The thing is, USC pays millions of dollars for them to do the drug testing. Yeah. So you start, at, like, you're now <coughs> doing a drug testing for your client as well, almost. You know, there's no money in powerlifting. Yeah. So I don't think there's corruption like that in powerlifting. Unless you know how small potatoes powerlifting is. For those... who it, it, it actually put my mind at ease in terms of... Um, like, oh, couldn't there be corruption in powerlifting? Looking at the amount of money generated from that venue change with six mil. I'm like, we are, we would be such small... Dude, we operate in a high school gymnasium
1: for our world championship. Yeah, there's... No, they're not looking at us. We're nothing. And this is actually a conversation I had recently with some friends as well where we're talking about powerlifting in the ioc and would you like to see it would you not like to see it and one of the points that i threw out there was as much as i would love to see it as an olympic sport i would worry about the possibility of bringing money that amount of money into the sport as a chance for corruption yeah because anytime you start talking about that as you said like if you've got ufc losing six million dollars and they can offer this guy let's just say a salary that says like two hundred thousand dollars a year they Go up to a million dollars a year because it's yeah. nothing to them.
0: Yeah, you're already getting. Yeah. you are already losing six mil off the top. Yeah, um, that's yeah, exactly. It's, and, and we're not there. Like that's. But it does put in perspective where powerlifting is in terms of like corruption with powerlifting. We have no money involved. Like when you hear about a contract, oh, um, Mark Bell paid two hundred fifty thousand. That's a joke. Yeah, nobody's risking their career. That's for like five years and like. In terms of the, the big sports, that's a fucking joke. You could get on somebody's boxers when he's fighting in the cage maybe for like, yeah. you know, half of that. Like, it's it's nothing compared to, you're not swaying people. You're not greasing palms at this level. That's actually made me feel better knowing how small potatoes, like, we're not going to move the needle the money being generated with us. No. Which actually know. keeps us more honest. Yeah. Right? But um, it is, I mean, there's no getting around corruption, Whether whatever this shit goes on, wherever there's money. There's going to be guys, and you know what, what Jeff Nabinski said? Ask yourself, how many people are untouchable? If you're like, all right, you're making 100000 and that's, man, making $100,000 a year is nice. You're living all right. Especially if there's two of you, that's 200, let's say you yeah. and your wife, that's 200000 a year pulling in. You guys are all right. Someone walks up to you and says, here's a male. There's some people who be killing people for that. Money. I was going to say, there's that's, some that's, people that's that's, who I got to kill, whose dick I got to suck, and that's me. <laughs>
1: Okay? that's. Just,
0: I mean, <laughs> you'll do that for like 20 bucks. I, I maybe for maybe 50 now that you're
1: married. i do that for a lot less. Okay. Maybe, maybe less now that you're married. I don't know.
0: But, um, but yeah, if you think about it, anyways. Um, other thing I want to talk about, more powerlifting related, is, um, so we just dropped, in terms of the new year, the King of Lifts Awards. And some of the comments we got from the KOTL Awards, a lot of people reposting and get a lot of, tons of reposts, which is great. Yeah, tons um, of
1: great feedback as well. Great feedback. Up great conversation Debate. going on. Debate. Yeah,
0: good, good. One of the things people said was, how are you going to have like 14 categories Larry Wills didn't win a single one? And some of the comments actually came back exactly the point that I was going to make and I didn't have to. Because people came yeah. in there debating saying, my friend, um, Larry's a phenomenal athlete. Larry's done great. But Larry hasn't competed and done much in competition this year. His competition year, in relation to the rest of the powerlifting world,
1: look, we're talking the best in the world. The best performance, yeah. Larry Larry wasn't it." No, Larry's phenomenal, but yeah, this actually goes back to a conversation I believe we were having when we were filming the episode for the year-end awards. Yeah, we were talking about subtotals as well. Yeah, Larry Wheels is a monster of a subtotal guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's kind of dead. He's well. He's got a monster of everything. Yeah, but when you're talking about the best of the best who competed within the year, yeah, Larry wasn't on. No, he like
0: in terms of. Um... Well, someone came back and said, but he's got the... Have you seen his Instagram? How many PRs have has been in? He has PRs every week. Yeah. We don't give a shit what happens it's in the training, gym. though. Yeah. We don't care about what happens in the gym. Um, we care about what happens. There has to be in competition. This is a sport. We're looking at it in terms of these awards, in terms of everything. When we say... When we are, debate who's the GOAT, when we debate who's power lifter of the year for this weight class, that weight class, we'll probably ask, ask Ashton, because 93 kilo who's the lifter of the year... Heavily debated.
1: Yeah, we've had a couple episodes on yeah, it. Yeah, discussions
0: about it. Yeah, but anyways, it all depends what you did in a competition. I give a shit, not nobody cares what you did. Hey, you should have seen how many slam dunks I hit in training. No, how many do you hit in the game? How many points are you nailing in the game? No one no. cares in the NFL what you did in your like when they have those uh, scrimmages and shit. It's gotta be in actual
1: game time. So no, I don't care about the well, PRs in the gym. You could even take it back one further. Everybody was on Thor for a while because saying. Yeah, sir, he's won all the big Strongest Man competitions, but he hasn't competed as a powerlifter and taken the top in that, so he's not the top strength athlete yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing.
0: Yeah, and um, with Amanda Lawrence, uh, the other one was, Amanda Lawrence should have been squat, but um, for athlete of the year for female. But uh, again, Amanda Lawrence's squat has absolutely taken off after her last competition at Nashville. Yeah. Not before, or at the national. The Nashville she did well,
1: um, like no, she really she, was. I was going to say, it should but, be mentioned that she was honorable mention for yeah, a bunch of she us. And I, I think there. like, I think myself, I had her as the squatters female squad of the year. What? Yeah. Like there's I some I think Matt was, was the same way. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it was,
0: it was, it was close. Close. Yeah. The, the thing is, yeah, you, you got to take into account what she hit at nationals. She's now hitting in the gym for reps. And, and, and now if what she hit in the gym was in competition, 100% she'd take it. Oh, yeah. But but instead of being female squatter of the year, she got personal watch in the future. Yeah. Because if she puts that forward on the platform, and you got to put it forward on the platform. It can't be potential. can't be what you did in training. Nobody cares how many rounds you won in boxing. In sparring, you got to win those rounds of championship fights, right? Exactly. So, um, But th- having said that, my God, she hit 585-pound, 266-kilo squat in the gym. Six plates.
1: Like, what yep. she's doing right now, I can't even... She's going to oh hit Oh, no, there's a reason o'clock. why she's person to watch next year.
0: She's going to hit a 600-pound squat. 100%. That's insane. I would never... Honestly, I remember when Daniela Mello hit a 500-pound squat. It was like, holy shit. And that was like a year ago.
1: No, that's... Now, uh, so now a year later we're A year talking, ago we were talking about Daniela Mello was untouchable. Yeah. And going to be, you know, in GOAT status for... God only knows how long given how young she is as I, well. I said, uh, my quote, when she won the World Championships 2017, I
0: said, in Belarus, I was doing the on-air commentating, and I said, Daniela Mello is a rabid dog off the chain, loose in the playground, and all other 84-kilo girls better run and hide. And I, I meant that. it. Yeah. And that was a big quote. And it was like, oh, shit. And now in 20 but eight, it was true. And now in 2018, you were... You got a fucking pit bull in the, <laughs> out there now in, in the middle of Lawrence. And it's... I, I don't know what Danielle is going to be able to put forth. I mean, maybe she could catch up as well. But it looks like Amanda Lawrence is putting together like an a, a, like astronomical total with her like sandwich between, I don't know where her bench is going to be at, the sandwich between her bench, that squat and that deadlift are going to be massive.
1: It's going to be tough too. Yeah. It's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. I, I We have to see it on the platform. Yep. Um, there is a tangible... Yeah, tangibles. until it happens on the platform, much like the layer wheel stuff, Yeah, Danielle Mel is still queen.
0: Yeah, this is true. And uh, another big story in terms of powerlifting, Kimberly Wolford returning to the IPF.
1: What do you think about that? Not under USAPL, though. Yeah, she's going to be with Ivory Coast? Nah, US Virgin Islands.
0: US Virgin Islands. So are they not US citizens, though? I thought they were.
1: You know, I have no idea, to be honest. Because well, um, US Virgin
0: Islands actually held the North American Championship. I'm going to open this door for a second. I'm getting hot as shit. But uh, U.S. Virgin Islands actually held the North American championship, and uh, I thought they were part of the U.S. Like it's it's weird it's it's different. Like same with Puerto Rico, same with like uh, Hawaii. There's like states, and Hawaii then there's is
1: actually considered a state though. Yeah, and then it was Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico is not. But what is port? It is part of U.S. though, isn't it? It's uh, governed by the U.S., which is what U.S. Virgin Islands are as well. I gotcha. believe. So they're separate state. Or they're a separate,
0: they're a sovereign nation? They're a sovereign nation governed by. Okay. Well, anyways, Kimberly Walford is coming back to the IPF, uh, 72 kilo class. And has the game progressed? Because now she's in her 40s. Has the game progressed, you think, without her? Who's going to be in the 72 kilo class? We're looking at Jessica Bittner, Isabella. Isabella's back. And Isabella's absolute beast right now. Yep. If she goes 72. And who
1: else is
0: in there? Anna Anna Rosa maybe.
1: Yep. It's and gonna be. Doug. She's not gonna come back as uh, the guaranteed favorite anymore. I don't yeah. Think. Like Jessica Bittner is hitting insane numbers in the gym. Yep. And she's been hitting insane numbers on the platform. Obviously, Isabella is an absolute beast, and she was a beast when she was almost sixty three. Yeah. Let alone going back up to seventy two now.
0: It's it's no it's it'll be interesting to see if the queen returns and just takes her throne.
1: And there's of course Kristen Dunsmore.
0: Yeah. Kristen Dinesmore now yeah. is now entered. It's gonna be interesting, isn't it? Because look at everybody has their day, and no question. Like Kimberly Walford, I believe, is undefeated. Kimberly Walford um, even beat in a head-to-head matchup in the 63s. She beats at the World Championships uh, Jen Thompson, yeah. who's 63 kilo goal. Like, Kimberly Walford, in terms of the greatest po- women powerlifters of all time, might be only because in head-to-head competition, she actually beat out Jen Thompson. Yeah, she's won exactly. the head-to-head, so I would put her as Arguably, yeah. number one, it'll be interesting to see when she comes back. Because everybody at some point falls off. And is it time for Kimberly? It's going to be tough, man. The competition has never been better. Either no, way, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I'm glad she's back. It I'm does s- add a huge I'm sad element. I'm going to
1: get to see it at the Worlds. Yeah. Well, she'll be at the Worlds, right? This year's? Will she? Um... See, here's the deal. She's got to make their nationals. I don't know when their nationals. Well, that's my going to be my question. Has she already missed nationals and has she missed the qualifying for that nation? Who knows? Yeah. Nobody pays attention to but US Virgin Islands nationals. Yeah.
0: That stream isn't big. Nobody's <laughs> reporting the results on it. Who knows? Who knows if uh, she she made it sound like she'll be
1: representing them. In which case, Awesome. I can't wait for the battle then. That's going to yeah, be yeah. another great weight class.
0: Yeah. Say the least. But um, anyways, let's give, no further ado, let's give a ring to Ashton Ruska and get his opinion on uh, what's going on 93 kilo class
1: where he sees himself shaking out um, in terms of goats. Actually, in terms before of we talk to Ashton, there was one more announcement that we should have mentioned as well. What's that? Dennis Cornelius.
0: Oh, shit, son. So, Dennis Cornelius and J- my man Jason Mike. Can't catch a break. He's like, I'm gonna drop down to 120, okay? And I'm gonna drop down to 120, and if I keep my total up, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge favorite, and it's gonna be he's yeah. going after a bench world record, which the bench world record still is there for him, yeah. And um, and he's gonna go toe to toe, but now he's got Dennis Cornelius.
1: Yeah, Dennis Cornelius decided that he has unfinished business. Yep, yeah. and, and he owes it to himself to hit a thousand kilo total is what he said. At 120. At 120.
0: Yeah. So Dennis Cornelius is gonna return. Um, I believe unequipped and equipped. Yeah. And um, that's big. Now, right now, I believe he's dealing with an injury and his
1: bench press was like... He was... Yeah, I can't remember exactly what the injury was. I believe it was something do with like a pinched nerve in his neck or something. But he was saying yeah. he, he couldn't even bench two wheels for yeah. like a double.
0: Yeah, 225 pounds yeah. for a dub. So he's, he's... And you know what? The same situation, um, I think, Joe Sullivan's going through. Joe Sullivan said... Um, exact same thing pinched nerve whether it's pinched died off he doesn't know yeah.
1: but he literally his bench is gone and I mean gone and he doesn't know what, he doesn't know how long it's going to take him to come track, back nerves if he will are come terrifying. back yeah. i dealt with one this year and it's yeah. the weirdest feeling in the world because it's like your strength is there and then just gone yeah and, and no matter what you throw at it, it can't come back. It doesn't hurt. You can't figure out exactly what's going on. And sometimes it doesn't come back. No.
0: Sometimes it dies off. You see, actually, wrestlers like Kurt Angle from WWE, but he's a real legit Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. He had a like, picture of his neck and his fucking biceps. They atrophied to the muscles in his biceps. Yeah. Now, his arms are like twigs. His neck, thick. Torso, thick. Very muscle. But his biceps completely atrophied. Because the nerves just died out, and that's they, they run down from the neck. And that actually happens a lot to a couple of MMA yeah. fighters, like Boss Root and Pat These are like UFC Hall of Famers. It's scary, man, when it comes to nerve damage. Uh, you don't know if it comes back. But uh, but we shall see. These But Dennis Cornelius at 100% in 120, he's the kid. He's oh, the go. Thank God Eric Willis got his one. Did. That's right. That's right. Well, we'll
1: see what happens. Yep. I mean, he's
0: going to be met with some competition, that's for sure.
1: And I'm sure uh, I'm sure, Somner's going to have something to say about it.
0: Yeah. Well, until then, though, Somner has secured his, his um, IPF World Championships. So this is the year to do it. Yep. Get it out. Because you're never guaranteed. Whenever you're humming and hawing whether or not you should take that opportunity on the table. Well, I don't know. Maybe I want to go to Sweden. Maybe I don't. Young man. Take it while it's there and don't take for granted it'll be there next year or the year after that. I've, I've talked to people where there's a Nash, that they're in, they're in reach of a national record or a world record, whatever record. And there's you can only hit these at certain level events. And um, they're like, well, there's a national level event in a month or so. I don't know if I want to go and take it though. Dude, if that national record is there right now, Take it right now, cause in six months it could be so far beyond in its
1: out reach now. To take everything back, yeah. Look at the uh look at what we were talking about with Daniela Mello and uh, Amanda Lawrence. If yeah. Danielle Mello had said, I'm gonna hold off on doing this. Yeah, exactly. Who, knows, who knows where a squat record would be at you, that point. Yeah, you can't.
0: You can't. But let's actually type this now. Let's yeah. hit let's hit this up. Let's we're gonna give this. him a ring right now. And we have Aston Ruska. 93 kilo Phenom. Ashton, how you doing, man? What's up? Did you get up too much last
2: night? Uh, no, I just Chilling so like a villain? Do you yeah. drink? <laughs> Do you drink, Ashton? Uh, not very much anymore. I used to, but now I really don't, honestly.
0: Yeah,
1: really? No kidding. Well, I can't say the same. but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can say the same thing as of yeah. I, I From act- last night anyways.
0: I actually got married last night, sir. Really? No joke, my friend. That, that was that, that picture? That was or... the picture. That was me. Oh, wow. That's right. That's why I had like a three-piece suit on the whole night. Um, yeah, man, got married. at The St. Elise had some cocktails, so I'm, I'm slightly faded today. But uh, oh. my man Paul here Congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a hell of a night. Hell of a night. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we were actually discussing. So we had just put out the King of Lift Awards. And um, a couple of the, the episodes we had, and I wanted to get your feedback in on this. Um, a couple of the episodes we had for like looking back at 2018, mm-hmm. particularly with the 93 kilo class, very debatable who's the lifter of the year because it's, it's really unique because we have in a 93 kilo class, and this isn't the same with most classes. Most classes you have like a head guy, like 83 kilo, there's Brett. Pretty, like, he got the biggest total, yes. won the world championships, so it's kind of outright. But with the 93-kilo class, just for everyone who's listening, I'll, I'll run it back again to get the situation. So uber-competitive. You have, um, well, yourself, who hit the biggest total unofficial unofficial world record, but the biggest total officially in, in 2018. Then we mm-hmm. have the official world record by Antonoli from Ukraine. Yep. At eight fifty, but still less than yours, but official world record. We have Alice McLean, who's the world champion, um, and then we have David Wilson, who had beat you and LS head to head, but his total was less. Uh, his best day wasn't as good as your best day, and his best day's not as good as wasn't as good as Antonoli from Ukraine. So. It's weird. It's like what is, I don't. I don't know if any other weight class we've seen this. And then to add more, an extra little caveat: the the world championships that LS won, the junior lifter Gustav from Sweden actually out totaled him in the open, which is rare. Now you can't totally. You only lift what you have to to win, and I understand yeah. that. So yeah, uh, take take it with a little take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it's easy. to... LS could say, "Hey man, if I had to pull more, I would have pulled more." Like it's not super fair that, but. It just it's, makes it's it still worth noting, though. Yeah, it's worth noting. Very unique situation. So, <coughs> who who would you say, given all this, um, would be the lifter of the year? David Wilson thinks it's him. What what do you think? Who do you think is it? Yeah, I heard him
2: say that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, in, in all honesty, I would have to say it's either between it would be between him, David Wilson, and between the guy from Ukraine. Um, The guy from Ukraine actually had some pretty stiff competition, too. The guys who played second and third behind him, you know, it's not like they were, you know, trailing very far behind. Um, I think both of them still had over 1,800 totals, and they were lifting really well. Um, It's kind of hard for me to pick between those two, but if I had to pick, I would have to say Wilson just because his win was, I think, even though it wasn't an IPF championship, it was still, you know, a huge meet here, you know, Raw Nationals, and I think that it was... um, it was something functionally a lot of us weren't expecting. I wasn't expecting it. But, you know, things happen on competition day, and, you know, he got away with it. So he won. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would, I would have to say probably Wilson.
0: It is um, it is crazy how sports are like... You know, that's the beauty of sports, right? If, if everything was, like, unfolded exactly as nominations would or the odds, it would be pretty boring because you already knew. No one even has to show up. Yeah. But on sports, on any given day, uh, the one thing, though, with David... It's kind of like the David versus Goliath. All right, he threw his stone and he got that. Now in 2019, we got to see it can keep it up because this is this is a murderer's row. You know, this is yeah, the yeah. type. the 93 kilo class, especially um, like you were saying, it's not it wasn't an IPF event, but the the raw
1: nationals, super thick competition. I mean, you even got guys like David Ricks to yeah. come out of nowhere if you're not ready. Well, which is why obviously David Wilson picked himself as the top top dog from this year or the top lifter from this year. Well, he had and to beat the IPF champ yeah. and the unofficial world, uh, champ. world yeah, the, well, world record holder, yeah. yeah. So, which is the reason why I mean myself, I picked him as well, just given the competition he went up against. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> stiff, but it's so hard to pull away from either like yourself hitting an eight sixty so, two and a half total, right? You could <laughs> make so it's unique. The powerlifting is unique because here's here's why you could argue Ashton
0: that you'd be lifter of the year. Um, I get in basketball, for instance. It's mm-hmm. different it's different when it's head to head because you can actually shut someone else down you know your game you have to head to head you shut them down etc but with powerlifting, gravity's gravity as long as the, the plates are are calibrated gravity's gravity right so he mm-hmm. didn't do anything to make you lift less something no. happened on something happened on your end and maybe we can get into that in a second so it wasn't mm-hmm. like Like, he rose, and he was handling himself, but everyone has their own chance to hit that platform and lift. So, that's where people could argue, well, Ashton's 867
1: and a half, um, gravity's gravity. Who gives a shit whether it was a local meet, world's... Well, if you throw it into different feds, a lot of the other guys we talked to from other feds, they don't care what meet it's in. Yeah. It's just total wins. Total wins. Highest
0: total wins. So... There is an argument that you'd be the you'd be the top dog. Cause they could say, well, in head-to-head competition, and then the rebuttal would be like, well, David didn't do anything to make Ashton have a bad day. It wasn't like he outballed him, out moved him, out strategized him. It's kind of gravity's gravity, wherever you're at. Um, so it's an interesting debate anyways, particularly with power lifting. But what did going into the nationals, um, what what was the situation on your end of things, how things played out?
2: Oh, I know exactly what happened, and I, that's actually why I did so well the meet after so so fast. Um, it was just because of really it was just functionally the thing that eliminated me from that competition. It wasn't my strength that day. I could have loaded over seven hundred pounds and squatted it. It would it would have been fine. Um, bench was good. Deadlift. I was honestly just gassed from four squat attempts, and I was just kind of at a, a point where you know I was like, "Fuck it," you know, like. This meet didn't go the way I wanted to. I'm not giving up. I'm still going to, of course, try. But, you know, I feel like shit. I'm tired. You know, I'll just go out and do my best.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but what happened was... It, it was the squats. Like, my second... So, I planned to take that jump to the second attempt, um, which was 683, I think. And um, moved fine. No issue. But the issue that everybody knows, that everybody who saw it knows, was depth. Yeah. Depth, depth, depth. So, the same thing happened. My third attempt... Um, Right when I was about to start coming out of the hole, they kind of took it early, and the bar shifted up really high on one side. And then so I got a fourth attempt, and I got it again, and I thought it was good. I got a white from the side, but a red from the front, which, you know, you know to me it yeah. didn't make sense, but it's their call. Yeah, um, Other squats were overturned. Mine wasn't, so it's just it just played out that way. So I was already building a total with a really low squat, and I'd already sort of cut myself out of the 1,900-plus total I wanted at Raw Nationals.
0: Yeah, it's um I remember that. And here's not only do you have to take four attempts on squat, which is going to gas you out especially to kind of weight that you're squatting, but that call was pretty controversial stuff. It's always if when the guy in the front or girl in the front who's the judge calls on depth. There's other things you call, but it's very tough to call a depth from the front. Um I mean 9 times out of 10 you're looking at other things and you let the two people on the sides call depth.
1: Yeah. That's a tough it's,
0: one for me, because I remember watching it, I remember you posting it, and I remember watching it live on the stream,
1: and I thought you will have gotten it, but... Oh, I remember watching it live on the stream, and I thought you had it for sure, but, Yeah, and it's one of those... Yeah. I, mean, I, was also, <laughs> I was also yelling at the spotters when they took the uh, third attempt from you. It's right? one
0: of those deals where you kind of, like, and this is sports, I get it, it happens, strike zones change, but you kind of got fucked twice... Right, back to (laughs) back and then when they let you go forward um, not only were you going forward with a much lower squat than you would have gotten had they given that to you but you also squatted four times and that's really where it's like oh that's going to be a tough one to crawl back from
2: that that did tear me up later in the meet too and you know it was just sort of I don't want to use the word demoralizing because I'm really not the kind of person that gives up or anything like that. But it was just it was frustrating because you know that was literally a forty five pound you know jump that I lost off my total.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: and you know, and no offense to Wilson because you know he won and he did awesome and he had a ninth round right perfect day. But if he had it done with forty five plus extra pounds, you know, the outcome may have been a lot different.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean that's when you're going forward with the squat, like with having lost those squats like you did. Um, Were you doing the math, telling yourself, geez, how do I, how do I pull this out? Like, was there a conversation backstage with your handlers at some point where you guys were running the calculations and you're like, oh my God, I might not be pulling for the win anymore. What was the conversation like?
2: Oh, like uh, during the squats or before? Afterwards,
0: Afterwards, when you left the squat session and you know, okay, I'm moving forward with my first squat and and, and you're low gas. Were they asking you, well, like, what was the conversation where you guys like, oh shit, we gotta make some tough decisions now. Like, are we fighting for first, or did you start looking at other placings? What, what were you guys looking like?
2: Oh no, we were just like, we're gonna fight for first.
0: Oh wow, okay.
2: Um, so I was like, well, I'll just I'll bench a PR at the meet, which I did, and then deadlift. Um, I'll just try to put on exactly what I need, just like last year. And you know, didn't happen this time around.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It is sports. Sometimes those calls swing your way. Sometimes they don't. Uh, but it's always tough when it's like a big showdown like that yeah and then um especially if it's got to be four squats i like that they gave you another shot at it but that kind of drains a gas tank it's kind of like a
2: yeah i didn't get it you know so it was like i know like, i've always been under- like we're like faith is gonna you know reach out extend its hand to you you're gonna grasp for it and then just snatches it back and it's yeah like,
1: no, just- that's tough like, I get it when you're in this situation of run-ats, obviously, if you get a fourth attempt, you're probably going to go for it. But at the same time, is there, when you got that fourth attempt, like, are you worried that you were going to gas yourself for later in the lift?
2: I was. See, I was, this is, I was thinking two things. I was thinking, one, like, man, this is probably going to affect my deadlifts later. And two, I'm not missing this. Yeah. <laughs> so, those were the two thoughts that I had going into it. And I didn't miss it, but then, you know, it was called, and I was like, so now I'm gassed, and I didn't get the squat. So, like, I still put in the effort. I put in the physical work to complete moving the weight, but, you know, since it didn't count towards the total, it was, in retrospect, it didn't help.
0: Yeah, and you got to, um, and it probably hurt, and you got to, like, it's tough because when you're in the moment, you can't let, like you had said, you can't let it dwell on your head. Yeah. Because if you get negative, if you get negative early... It's weird how powerlifting be such a mental thing. Weights start feeling heavy once you start getting negative. Once uh-huh. you start pulling yourself out of the pocket and you start thinking negative thoughts, you've got to stay <clears> as <throat> positive as possible. Because once you're morally defeated, damn, do those weights start getting heavy. Oh,
2: it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs>
0: oh, no, no, yeah, exactly. And then, so, um, how long after the Raw Nationals did you put together that
2: 867.5? Um, let's see. That meet was in the very beginning of December. So... That was less than two months, I think. And was that
0: really, um, you know, you being able to show everybody, this is the package I wanted to reveal. This is my true potential for the rest of the world to know that you were able to put
2: together. Um. So, so surprisingly, a lot of people may not probably don't know this, but that was actually more of a latent function of that meet. The, the primary purpose for me for that meet was one, to squat, you know, at a good depth, and two... Um, to test if you know my uh, hybrid sumo stance would actually you know hold up well in the meat despite squatting and benching, mm. and I accomplished both of those goals. And accomplishing those goals, the goal that you just mentioned, which was more of a latent function, actually occurred. Yeah. So I was like, "Wow." Well, I mean, you know, the deadlift was good. The squats were deep, and you know, I just transitioned to high bar. And now all my squats are really deep, so I don't those. think I'll be you know having any issues with depth in the future. Hopefully.
0: And switching over to that, um, hybrid sumo, is it, Mm -hmm. so so do you feel a whole lot more comfortable with it? Like, why do you think it is helping so much? Is it kind of spreading the load so you're not as taxed by the time you get to the Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, precisely. Um, I feel like I don't, I don't like the, you know, traditional or really wide sumo stance just because what I notice is a lot of lifters have lost titles, have, you know, lost placing because of, just because of balance, not because they aren't strong enough to lift the weight. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: and and I noticed even when I had tried it like a year ago or so, I didn't like it. It, it didn't feel, you know, I mean, of course, it's never going to feel comfortable at first, but it didn't feel natural to me. So, you know, I I switched to a hybrid sumo stance just recently, you know, just to test it out, which I do once a week, and it felt natural and kind of like how you said how it spreads the workload. Yeah, I feel like I get to cheat a little. I can use my back my hips, legs, everything as efficiently as possible. Um, So, yeah, I do that now. I do that once a week during the weekend. And during the week, I do conventional once a week because I think conventional is still good strength training and carries over well to that stance.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you, because you deadlift twice a week then, do you kind of like manage how much you deadlift in terms of the loads? Um, Because I know you're pulling some big, i seen your, was, was it 805 for a double? Pulling some big numbers, so um, do you when you do the conventional, is a little less weight to not overtax yourself,
2: or sort sort of yeah, like I'm not progressing at the rate on conventional that I normally would in my plan. Like right now, I'd probably be doing a lot more conventional, but you know, like say this week when I did eight oh five, like during the week I might do like six hundred pounds for five, okay, something like that, like like seventy five percent, yeah, you know, something like that, something reasonable, you know. That's still, you know, good training weight, good workout, good for strength training, but it's not, you know... I'm not throwing on, like, my PR, like, 705 and doing it five times. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's interesting how, like, there's so many different ways to do... Like, deadlifting isn't just conventional sumo, like people think. Like, some people... Yeah. I, I understand when you spread out for a sumo, the wider you are, the more you get your hips under the bar, etc. <laughs> but there is something to be said for more of a hybrid stance, especially if you have a back as strong as yours, where... You know, you you okay? So your hips aren't quite as close to the bar because your your legs are a little closer, but you also get more back behind it. And I think Yang Su Ren does the same setup. He does the same setup as well. Yeah, and it's um. There's a million different ways to pull sumo, and people, you know, it's not. And one, me
1: personally, when I dabble back and forth, because I'm the type of person who I can switch back and forth between sumo and conventional. I yeah. I like the hybrid stance as well because it's, I can throw it a little bit more on my back. It's a little bit less taxing on the groin and the hips.
0: Yeah. And, but you have to try yourself, because you've got guys like, well, Wolfson, actually, who said, look, when I go heavy, because he bombed out at last nationals. He, it's yeah, because he lost balance at the top. He lost balance at the top of a sumo pole. And it's like, when you're going to be sumo with that wide stance, it's like that gunslinger. You're going to draw, and it's like 50-50 at the top. It can be nice and smooth out the bottom when you get to the top. Like even uh, Sean Norrega said... Man, when it's, when it's PR territory, 50-50. Yeah. I have no idea if I'm going to bobble at the top. And I think you lost the World Championships at the top with the slump shoulder. Yep. Uh, Sean Noriega. And it's when it's sumo conventional um, or, or sumo hybrid or just straight-up conventional, it's more of a sure thing, I think. You're more likely, if the bar is moving, just to be a stress <coughs> factor as opposed to losing it some other way. Well, it's more of yeah. like a position
2: to finish in. Yeah. I would say so too. Um, I would say that with with you know more of a hybrid stance and just conventional. Um, if I usually miss a weight, um, it's gonna be very seldomly on technique. It's probably just gonna be, you know, I just wasn't strong enough that day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have you made any other adjustments besides your deadlift?
2: Yeah. So squat. Squat was my biggest biggest one. So um, I switched back. I just I placed the bar way higher now. I, I do high bar saying. again.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And, you know, so the meet that I totaled 1901 at, I competed low bar, and I trained two days later high bar, and ever since I've been training high bar, you know, the problem for me in the past several years was, you know, when I trained low bar, I could only train once a week, squat, because it would, you know, it would blow me out, and, you know, my hips would feel like shit sometimes, sometimes my back would feel like shit. Um, I had a really big issue in high school where I got hurt really bad, and, you know, I was, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of this. Let me just try out a low bar again. Let's see how it feels. Let's see how it works. And since then, I've been able, there was a couple of weeks where I squatted three times a week ever since that meet. Like now I can squat, you know, I can train and like, there's not like, you know, this, this just impending sense of doom. Like once this session is finished, I'm not going to be able to squat for at least like another seven days because it's going to hurt like hell. So that's really helped me in my training. And it's also made it so much easier for me to hit depth. So now I don't have to struggle to like actually hit depth. I don't have to think about it anymore. It just sort of happens now for the most part. Um, I always take footage of it. I always watch, you know, exactly where I'm hitting and stuff in. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you and feel, that's really helped. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like, so is it an assistance exercise or is it actually you're going to compete high bar now?
2: Oh, I'm going to compete high bar. Wow. So
0: you've reached, this is a new Ashton Ruska then.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like completely transitioned. Yeah, I don't do low bar anymore.
0: <laughs> wow, this is a big change. Which is something you very rarely hear. At this level, home. yeah, yeah, to totally retool, change my dead, change my squat. And what yep. led to this? You know, just, <laughs> like, it takes um, it takes some confidence to be. was there a moment where you're like, I gotta retool? Like, this seems like. Did you have like a eureka moment where you're like, enough of this, I gotta try new things? Because oftentimes. When someone yep. reaches your level, you get afraid to change new things. You get afraid, like this has got me this far. I don't know if I want to change things up. Was it? Was it a moment?
2: It was um, two moments. The first one was the day that I totaled nineteen and one, and I saw how well my um, hybrid sumo stance uh, deadlift held up in a meet. And you know, when I was competing at that meet, for some reason, you know, um, there was a lot going on with the attempts. So there was like a really long time between attempts. So it was like, I was waiting like 20, 25 minutes to deadlift 782. And it still held up really well. And you know, that was a, I hit all the weights I needed to that day. And I was like, so that's, that was the first change that I made. And I was like, wow, this actually works. If I can make this change, then maybe I can make another change for my squat. So two days later, I go in and I squat high bar. It feels phenomenal. I do it again, two, three days later, it feels phenomenal. And then that weekend I just start at, you know, I start at 545 and then, each week, I was just building up. And so my my two moments where I was like, you know, I should not be afraid of this change. I should really embrace this and really give it a shot was at the meet with the um, sumo stance, how, how well it held up. And a couple of days after, when I first squatted high bar, and I immediately felt like no pain, no trouble, no nothing, which to me was really unusual. So that it caught me by sort of surprise. You,
1: you know. know, it's because it's, I would guess about Eighty percent of people do low bar. Do you think? I would probably even think higher than that now. Yeah, but maybe
2: more. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's
0: crazy how some people like John Hack.
1: Well, high that's what I'm trying to think. Like I'm going through my head right now. I've got like John Hack, high bar. Bryce Lewis, high bar. Bryce
2: high bar. does, yeah. 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 Now
0: Ashton, is Kevin Oak?
2: Kevin, yeah, Kevin Oak's high bar. Yeah.
0: Like there are some people who do high bar and just but it's insane
1: weights. Maria T's high bar as well. Yeah. And but I know for myself when I go great. high bar, no dice. It's what do you think? Is
0: (laughs) is it just like is the leg? Where where do you feel the difference? Because you've done both big weights, competed obviously low bar, um, now transitioning. How do you feel the transfer? That you're do you feel it more in the legs, less in the back? Like if you were gonna tell somebody Mm -hmm. whether or not they're thinking of switching and you think it's gonna be a good switch, how would you know if it'd be a good switch for them? What like what questions would you
2: ask? Um, I think it has a lot to do with sort of. I think, I think the biggest part of it is just sort of how your body is built. Um, I don't, I'm not, you know, particularly the exact science behind that or why it works so well for me, but I feel like I'm a, a lot better, you know, built to squat high bar than low bar. That's one thing, just how you're built. And then two, I think that if you're having a lot of back pain or hip problems mm. with low bar, I think trying high bar is, is worth a shot. And even if you, you know, face, you know, a small reduction in the weight you lift or a temporary loss, you know, I think that the payoff in the long run is a lot better. One, like, for your health and just for, I guess, just your your ability to train and progress in general. And three, I would say that um, when you were asking where I felt it, I, I felt it a lot, you know, when I started doing it in, like, my quads, like my mm. legs. Yeah. And, I, and I've noticed, like, ever since I've been doing that, like, for the past, like, uh, three three to four weeks now, four weeks now, yeah, I have our, my legs have actually grown a little bit. So I, I feel like... I get more of a. It's just me personally. There's, yeah. There's yeah. no match, you know, science behind this, but I, I feel like for me, it's better workout. Yeah. As well.
0: And now probably jump on over to your hybrid. Like they're both going to feed each other now.
2: Yeah. You know, exactly. They, they do. It's such a good combination because when I do it, and I've tested this now like twice. Like the the week prior, I squatted six oh five for sets of doubles, three sets, and then I deadlifted eight hundred pounds after. You know all in the same session squat bench deadlift and then a week later, you know I drove to Houston and then I squatted 635 for two doubles and then I benched and Then I deadlifted 805 easier than 800 and I just feel like Those 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 two lifts are really they complement each other really well And I feel like on a platform. It's gonna bring you know, it's gonna be a really good total. That's
1: the perfect That's segue it. So well you go ahead first I was curious, have you, so have you tailored then, or you know, changed up the accessories that you're doing in order to aid high bar? Like, have you thrown in more core work? Are you throwing in more front squats now?
2: Yeah, so what I do, um, one, I do do more core work now, um, and just by way of, you know, so the Army has you do PT tests, and you have to, you know, do sit-ups, and you have to run and stuff, so, you know, I've always done core work anyway, but now I do, um, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of, you know that ab roller? Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I know the ab roller. Yeah.
2: I'll do, like, you know, sets of, like, you know, 10, and then I'll do sets of 20, and then sets of 30, like, all in the same. I'll just, like, keep doing it over and over. And the other thing that I've been doing, um, the second thing I've been doing is just leg extension. Just not leg, I don't really do leg press. I've just been doing leg extension. That's the second thing. The third thing, um, this helps my deadlift a lot. Um, I do usually, once or twice a week, I do 100 pull-ups in one session. Oh, no shit. And, Yeah. And the fourth thing, um, I do a lot more lat pull down now than I used to. Yeah, those would be the four main accessory changes I've sort of, you know, made since, you do know, you, December.
0: Do you hit biceps? Because you got some monster biceps. You got some big peaks on you. Ryan's
2: been waiting. I just out started so, doing barbell curls a week ago. <laughs> What's that, sorry? I just, I just started doing barbell curls a week ago. Just
0: started? Holy smokes. You got some natural big buys on you, sir. <laughs> how how tall are you, Ashton Right, you're 5'9 What uh, like five, nine. five nine? Okay. Yeah. Wow, so you're pretty that's like so how much do you walk around at uh like body weight before you cut?
2: Uh I usually don't cut actually. I'm usually under. But I've just now actually started getting above weight. Let's actually see.
1: you put the weight in right now, sir? I was just gonna say
2: we're getting the fish. Yeah. Yeah. So two oh seven point eight without uh these joggers on, probably about two oh seven.
0: Yeah, and do you plan on getting bigger and possibly doing any water cuts? Because I could imagine a 215-pound Ashton, or do you just not like what water cuts feel like?
2: Um, I can do it. I mean, even when I wrestled in high school, cutting weight for me was very, very easy, and it came really natural. It's the same way now. I do it before I take PT tests. Like, I'll do as many water cuts, and then I'll take a PT test. Um, um, Not not like a massive water cut, but like small ones, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps me run a little better. But, yeah, um, I'm, I might actually do that. Like, I've, I've been sort of steadily gaining weight from nationals. Nationals, I was, like, you know, 200 even. And I usually woke up around, like, 198, 199. So that seems
0: – because David Wilson's got, like – he will have, like, 12 or more pa- – like, 15 pounds on you, which is – that's half a weight class. Like, there's a reason why there's weight classes, yeah. right? So you could – like, if – it's it, it's exciting to see – um an Ashton Ruska, it's like a new Ashton Ruska for twenty nineteen. If you come in bigger, you stronger, your squats different, your deads different. You know what's? It, it would be like Scott could be the limit. Yeah. You know? Do are, are you thinking about putting on some weight, or what were, were you thinking that ways?
2: Yes, I am actually thinking about putting on a bit more size and um, water cutting. Yeah, cutting down basically to ninety three for another like maybe year or two. And you know, just depending on how my weight is sitting after that, and then maybe go up. Yeah. Because I feel my total by then will be like more than good enough to.
0: So so you've you've experimented with water cutting. Like, how big of water cuts do you think you'd be um, comfortable with taking? Because some people, ten pounds is nothing. For some people, ten pounds
2: feels like hell. <laughs> I could do ten. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't awesome. want to. I wouldn't want to do more than that. But um, like if I'm going to compete two hundred five, I, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't allow myself to get heavier than 215.
0: Yeah,
2: and do you have,
0: do you have a nutritionist that helps you, or, and particularly with a water cut, because for some people it's a science, in terms of taking it out, getting electrolytes back in, and like feeling 100%. I mean, it could, we've all done water cuts that have gone well, we've all done water cuts that have gone bad, and a good water (laughs) cut, you are like 10 pounds bigger than you were, and you, you don't feel any different. A bad water cut, It just fucking, the the, the train went off the
1: rails. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just staring off in a blankness. It's like a Vietnam flashback, but yeah. Uh,
0: Like, do you have, and sometimes it's easy to have someone else guide, especially when you're water cutting, your brain is like half not there at the lowest. Um, Do you have someone that's going to help you with nutrition or water cutting? Do you have someone currently?
2: So actually, I've never had a nutritionist before um, or anybody um, sort of, no, I've never had that before. But, but, there's a big but here. Um, <laughs> a couple days ago, um, I was talking um, with some fellows from um, the RP Strength thing, and they offered me the, uh, you know, like this really cool sponsorship, you know, with like some diet plans and stuff. So, I've definitely been reading a lot into a lot of the information they sent to me, they sent to me, and the literature and stuff. And I'm definitely going to be, um, as far as the dieting goes, probably working with them, Yeah,
0: I would have to imagine with a guy that has like well, your capabilities and what you can put forth um, I'm sure you could strike a deal with somebody in terms of like a water like the water cuts literally one week long and that's it it's the last <laughs> week so if you were to work with somebody and be like hey look it help me out strike me a deal I shout you out on the Instagram and here we go because there's some people who like they run it like a science and they'll have you at as big a tool fiber as you could possibly be and you'll feel monstrous and you hit that. On oh, point, but there's so many different um, coaching in terms of programming. Actually, I want to ask you: um, Who's doing your programming now? Me, still you, okay? And and keeping it. Do you do when you're running it? Are you still doing like? Do you pick numbers, RPE, or how do you sort out what numbers you want to hit?
2: Good question. So what I do for that? Um, so I feel like a lot of people are sort of, you know, there's this spectrum. I, I kind of like to look at it as a spectrum, you know, between percentage-based training and RPE. Because those seem to be sort of the most common, you know, you know sort of methodologies and principles used in training. And they're very similar, I mean, just in nature. I mean, even RPE, rate of perceived exertion, is like, the concept really isn't that much different. Um, but, but, but it is different. And so if you consider that a spectrum, you know... Um, I would probably be leaning closer towards percentage-based training than RPE training. However, um, I do incorporate a bit of RPE training mainly with my bench press when I um, work with singles and my um, hybrid uh, sumo stance. So mm-hmm. those those two things I sort of you know gauge and use RPE on as well as accessories. Just because accessories, I don't max out on every accessory and then use percentages of those accessories. Right. I don't really know anybody who does that. Yeah. Um yeah, that's very yeah, you gotta pretty
0: hardcore yeah. into your accessories to use a percentage. <laughs> I got a one yeah. rep max lat pull down and I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, right, right. Like those those exercises are, are a lot more RPE based. People will probably, you know, sort of be using, you know, principles of RP without even knowing it when they yeah. do that. Yeah. That's and true. So yeah, so that, that that's what I would say. I use that for, but for my stru- like my really structured stuff, that's like really specific, like my the high bar squat, which I've been specifically trying to train to hit like a specific number. Then I use a lot more percentage based, um, and then bench press on days where I'm not, you know, just hitting singles on the weekend on my SPD day. It's it's percentage based as well.
0: Like it's it's interesting because I can sometimes I see both, like when I enter into the gym sometimes, if it's RPE, there are days when you walk in there and you might undercut yourself if you're going RPE eight. But if I walk yeah. in there, cause you could be like, I'm not feeling super motivated, a little tired, and you're gonna take whatever, not super enthusiastic. But if you walk in there and someone said, this is the number you need for your triple. Sometimes you will do what you have to to get yourself motivated, to get yourself mm-hmm. enthusiastic. And just having that number will make it that way like you walk in there like whoo let's go i gotta pace let's go i gotta get up because this is the number i need or you walk in there and it's like well it's up to you what do you feel like that's almost what rp is telling you and there's some days where you're like well i don't feel that great today so i'm just gonna allow myself to
2: take, take it easy day. yeah yeah, yeah
0: yep. so it's i can see but i can see where there's a mixture of both on the flip side if you give yourself a number and you're like woo, let's go let's get up there and then you go and you're like, yeah, even still no. All right, cut her back. You know, there's some yeah. maturity there as well. Yeah. So I could kind of see a little bit of both. Um, yeah.
2: However, personally for me, I actually, I would prefer to be in the latter situation because, well, because, you know, in, in that situation, you really know sort of your limit for that day a lot better than the first situation yeah. where you're already sort of telling yourself, I need to cut back today. And then you sort of already premeditated that you're not going to, you know, go maybe as much as you thought or whatever else, you know, or what have you. But if you're using a percentage based and you go in and there's a percent that you want to hit and you're doing that weight, and even if it's really tough, you then you can, you know, dial it back.
0: Yeah, so. you could know. You actually know. You actually paid the price to see, all right, I was going to hit this for a triple. I cut it off on two. A triple would have been
1: <laughs> a grind. Yeah. I, think, was, yeah. I think there's benefits to percentage based as well on meat day. Because you've got that a little bit more mental toughness, I feel like. You've, you force got, yourself. you've got that ability to go in and say, I'm not feeling like, I'm feeling crap today. You have but to. I'm going to go push this number instead because I know I have to. Don't lay yourself off the hook. Yeah. What percentages, singles, do you generally hit
0: before a meet? Like, do you, into the 90s, but how close to your previous max? Or, like, because there are some people who, they like to hit PRs. Are, are you one of those guys who, like, let me hit a PR for a single leading into it? Or do you stay underneath sub-max?
2: It depends. I've tried both. So what I noticed is when, for Raw Nationals this year, um, I actually hit PRs in training before that meet. For Raw Nationals the previous year, um, yeah, I did hit, like, training PRs, but they weren't, like, one-rep PRs, if really? that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't going, like... When I and again, 705 the year before that was called on depth um, squat at 2017 Raw Nationals. Uh, before that day, I had never squatted 700 pounds raw. <laughs> no kidding, yeah. yeah, So, I so I never I, I didn't know what it was going to be like, but I was feeling good. I hit you know the percentage, um, num- the percentage based numbers that I hit in training, and then that third jump, we just you know, we were like, all right, let's put on 705 and see what happens. Um, so for me. Now, um, so for the meet that I did 1901 total at, um, in training, I'm trying to think. I may not have even squatted over 600 pounds before that meet. Wow. Um, I may or may not have. I I can't remember. Maybe like once or twice, maybe. Um, And then deadlift, I went up to like 725 for like a double.
0: So do you feel like confidence-wise, like did that matter to you confidence-wise? Or were you like, meh, whatever, let's just see what's at?
2: Um, more, more of the second thing, honestly, yeah. <laughs> for that particular meet. Um, but for bigger meets like nationals, like the one I, I won, for instance, I was really confident going into it because these were all numbers that I, you know, I've been playing with like percentages of these numbers and training for a long time. And in my head, if I can do that, then the max, you know, percentage I can do.
0: Mm.
2: So I, I usually, in, the, in that scenario, it's, it's very seldom that I like miss a weight. I usually like won't let myself like fail.
0: It, that's one thing that the numbers will do is if you work out the percentages and you're like, you know, kind of where your max is at. So you're like, this should work out. The numbers say it should happen as long as everything else, you know, there's no intangibles yeah. yeah. like, you know, four fucking attempts on squat. Four you know, this terrible water. Yeah. Yeah these, or, yeah. these
1: are intangibles that happen. And you're competing at 1am or something like that. Yeah. Home, and that's as you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um,
0: when is the next time we're going to get to see you hit the platform and see the new squat, see the new hybrid dead, and the whole package
2: put together. Um, probably February. And what meet would that be? Um, it's just it's another local meet here okay. in San Antonio. So yeah. you
0: you won't be doing the Arnold Classic?
2: No, I did not. I didn't get an invite to that.
0: What the <laughs> shit? What
2: really? I, I didn't get an invite to Arnold this wow, year. That's wow,
1: that's a crazy snub, man. I would love to see you at the Arnold. Um, uh, speaking I of, would have loved to be there, but... Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of internet fights, I would know I would love to talk about the, uh, Kern, the U.S. Open, and your time on that.
2: Are you
0: going on Kern?
2: Oh, Kern, um, not this year. I don't feel like I'm ready for it yet. It, those, those dudes were sort of, um, when I, when I went there to compete, you know, I was, again, I was hitting crazy numbers in training, but, um, that meet, I actually did get hurt. And then that was before I left Fort Knox for the summer to, um... To train some, but but yeah, I did get hurt at that meet and I did lift eight, over 800 pounds in training for that meet too. Yeah. But me, dead, I couldn't even budge 650 off the ground, wow. which is ne- which never happened to me before. Well, it did once again when I was hurt, so I got hurt at that meet and I just felt like those dudes were sort of at the time. I felt like I was very competitive, but those guys, the top three, like I would probably crack five, you know, if I were healthy. Maybe third, but those guys were kind of in another league. Mm. So I, I wanted to get stronger, you know, before I try to do something like that again.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you don't do Kern the, um, and you do. I want to uh, win IPF. That's right. That, that's
1: what we're That's, that's exactly, exactly what, we to <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's what we're steered towards. So is that kind of the next one? Because if you take an IPF World Championship, once you have that on your resume, everything changes, right? Like, going into Kern, you're an IPF World Champion coming into Kern. Uh, Whatever you want. You want to do seminars. You want to do coaching for people. IPF World title. And everybody watches that live stream. And that's where the big dogs show up and play. Um, And I think also the depth of competition. Some competitions, like um, when I look at the current results, like Steffi Cohen's... she's got to battle Wilkes-wise with all the other girls. She doesn't have anyone else in her weight class. Same with all those, every single one of those girls. CC, all of them. There's no one else in their weight classes. Um, but when you're talking USAPL, IPF, you look around, you're not just battling other people in different weight classes. There are battles like... Within, within their weight, weight class, yeah. embedded, yeah. Yeah, the competition is very deep and exciting to watch. So would that be, so you wouldn't be able to make Sweden because, is that right? Yeah,
2: as far as I know, yes. As far as I know,
0: you can go to Sweden.
1: No, I
2: can't. I'm oh, you kidding. can't. I don't
0: think though. So. No. So you'd have to go that's... around, take nationals, yeah, and then yep. uh, and then Sweden. Because if even as an yep. alternate, could you go to Sweden or, or like are you no because it's it I, I think
2: I think the the date extends slightly beyond that that meet uh, date. Like slightly. I
1: remember Mac Gary saying that as well when we were talking about this. Gotcha. And that's too bad because I know, like for instance, LS.
2: Was a fourth alternate, and then he went and won the world championship. I and mean, yeah, he went and then yeah. won. Yeah, like and you know, for me too. Um, again, just personally, I was like, I didn't one, I didn't even total at the open because I got hurt and I couldn't deadlift. And two, uh, I, I don't really know where such a rule exists, but but it, it is what it is. So Sweden is not an option.
0: Yeah,
2: but I do want to go through. I do want to do Raw Nationals the right way. I want to win again and then I want to win IPO Championship the following year.
0: Who do you think is probably the main competition out there then? Internationally, I think we already ran through, but see, because Gustav from Sweden is also, he's a young man, I think he's just opening, uh, getting into the open right now. Yeah. And he was talking now, his total dropped a little bit at the European Championship. It
1: did, but... But it's, well, we all know one meets results yeah. is not... Uh,
0: he said he was aiming towards the late 800s as well. He yeah, he was, talking,
1: he was talking about 900 at one point as well. In the next yeah, down the road.
0: Yeah. yeah, But he thought 860 was available. I mean, it could be an absolute... All eyes on the IPF World Championships. Will you be watching scouting these guys in June?
2: Oh yeah, I'll be watching. Yeah. I always watch.
0: Do you watch these guys on social media to see where they're at?
2: Yeah, I keep tabs on most of them. Do you? Yeah.
0: Because I know some people, I think like Isabella von Weisberg, a couple of people are like, they try not to because they think it gets yeah. in their head. And it's like, ah, I'll just focus on me. But, um, like, will it, do you use it as motivation or do you actually do any kind of game planning so you know what to expect come the squats, deads, and bench?
2: Um, good question. So, actually, a little bit of both. Um, one, it is motivation for me because, you know, I feel like, yeah, I did hit the biggest total this year, you know, at the end of the year, but. You know, the guy from Ukraine especially, you know, there's people, you know, nipping at your heels, so you have to get better. So there's so for me, in my head, there's no option but to get better. And the other thing is, yeah, I also watch them. I watch them for their strengths, you know, their dispositions, their weaknesses. <clears throat> like, you know, like if I just watch every single person, um, I can usually identify one or two things about each person where, we, where they falter because we all falter in some way, you know. Yeah. And for me, my main one was squat depth this year. So, you know, I've done everything I can sort of to fix that. And then when the next one, you know, arises, because it probably will at some point, then, you know, I'll address that one as well. Bench press was another one for me, I think. I think I've always had, you know, the upper body strength to bench press a lot. I just didn't do it, you know, as frequently as I needed to. So that was another change I had to make, actually. So, yeah. So watching them sort of gives me ideas.
0: Yeah, and motivation. Who do you think... Another debate that we had that sparked a bunch of feedback from everybody was when we were asking, who is the 93-kilo greatest of all time? And that's a tough one. Again, 93-kilo class. I don't know what it is with the 93-kilo class. It's always so debatable. But, um, it's always been a stacked class. You have, because some things since we had that debate. So a lot of people were saying Jesse Norris. Now, Jesse Norris, in the open, hadn't won a 93-kilo classic title. However, with the new formula, with Wilkes being moved out, the new Mm -hmm. formula, Jesse Norris has the highest ever um, we'll call it just coefficient because I don't think it has a name yet. Highest ever coefficient regardless of weight class. So that really puts together like the the package he had once put in 93 kilo class. But, you have Rzbecki from Poland who won so many back-to-back 93 kilo titles. You got David Mm. Ricks who, 175 years old, was breaking open world records. And pushing Um, Jesse to
1: limit, and and
0: and taking Jesse right to the last deadlift in a total toe matchup, and we know how total toe matchups, you know, like that sports. So who do you think is ninety three kilo goat
2: today? uh, today, January two thousand nineteen. I would have to say Jesse Norris. Yeah. Just because um, a lot of those other, you know, accolades that a lot of those men have put up are very impressive to me, but Jesse still was, you know, the first one to reach that two thousand threshold. Yeah. And so that was the thing for me. You know. I was like, yeah, I totaled 19 and I had the biggest total this year, but I didn't total 2,000 this year. So for me, you in know, 2019, the goal is to hopefully break that at the end of the year.
0: And that would put you, well, that, that's the 2,000 threshold. Yeah. And then um, in terms of Wilkes or new coefficient, whatever it's called, see, I'm wondering if it's got to be hit in an international meet for them to consider it. <clears throat> I don't know. I have no
1: idea anymore. Yeah, I don't even
0: know how to look at this freaking thing. What do you feel about this new
2: coefficient? Do you like it? Have you seen how the um, people changed? I I I have. Um, it seems like I because with the Wilkes formula, I mean, as as most of us sort of know, it was really functionally biased towards you know very heavy or very light people. Yeah, and people sort of in you know the middle or you know slightly heavy. You know, it it really was like not in our favor at all. Like. In, like, 93s and 105s, for instance, like, a really, really good Wilks, like, a top lifter of a meat would probably be really hard to come by, opposed to if you were just a really strong super heavy
0: yeah. or
2: a, a pretty strong, you know, small guy. So, to me, that's, like, I think the new formula probably reveals some things that maybe the Wilks, you know, failed to reveal.
0: Yeah, it was definitely, you could see, even in local competitions, um, a middle-of-the-pack super heavyweight would beat out, like, a really strong 74, 83-kilo guy. And you're like, how is this, yeah. how is this possible? you got guys like Taylor Atwood, Brett Gibbs totaling 10 times their body weight and they get beat out by, like, guys who, like, ostensibly at, at, could hit openers and still beat at Wilkesley, which would really make a whole lot of sense, realistically, it would appear. So, yeah. I think it looks good. It's just, we had spoke about it, it's not really the <laughs> sexiest of numbers because they aren't rounded off, like, 500 bucks. You know, yeah. we don't have those clubs
1: yet. No, you're looking at, like... Now for a winning total, it's point nine 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 eight. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> we don't know what clubs you're trying to yeah. do. you are like, okay, so I'm in the point nine 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 eight club. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's not, definitely not a sexy number anymore. Yeah, this is
2: for sure. Right, and and you know, and just you know, personally, like totaling two thousand, you know, plus at like you know two o five is like to me that's just more impressive than most of the other sort of natural totals that have been put up. Did,
0: Je- did Jesse do that in a an- USAPL meet yeah. where it's a stiff bar he did
2: yeah uh, he, I think he was. it was in a, like you know what state was it in like Ohio or something kind I of the can't remember but it
0: was yeah
2: because yeah. Of,
0: yeah, as long as it's like stiff bar the whole night
2: yeah it was I, I remember seeing the videos for the meet um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a, a USAPL uh, meet yeah
0: hmm because you'll, you'll be the second man ever to do it and then if you could out, if you, what was his total exactly do you know
2: I think it was 2015
0: and so you're probably looking for 2016?
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. maybe. I mean, you know, we, we never know. how. I mean, I'm going to, you know, of course, this year I'm going to take what's there. I'm going to do my best, you know, to reach my goals. And if I fall a little short, you know, just get better the next year. But I think I've been doing a lot of number crunching. I do a lot of number crunching in a space training. And I think that it's possible. Yeah. I think that there's a chance.
0: Guess what, sir? I believe you. I've seen seen what you're capable of Uh, it's very exciting to see what you're going to do in 2019 Um, Listen, thank you for coming on sir much appreciated as always love to have you back once again perhaps after your February meet when we see the big reveal on some of those new changes you put together and we see the full package there Ashton is there anybody you'd like to thank while we have you on here sir
2: oh like anybody anybody anybody? Anybody, thank anybody. anybody
0: you want sir sponsors or whatever any shout outs
2: Oh, okay, so just a couple real quick ones. Yeah. Um, SBD. Yeah. They gave me a lot of you know free shit this year, and they've been great sponsors, and I've really been happy to be an ambassador for them. Um, the Kilo Cartel, the OGs, my first sponsor, and um, RP Strength, who I just signed with, and, and I'm starting to work with. I'm very excited to uh, work with you individuals, and then the last person that I would like to sort of give a shout out to is my wonderful girlfriend. Ah, hey.
0: that a boy. That <laughs> there a boy. There you go.
1: Getting the points
2: early in that's the game. That's right.
0: That's right. And um if anyone wants to get a hold of you or anyone wants to follow you,
2: do you do coaching by the way? Um not momentarily, but that's something I'm definitely dabbling with and looking into doing in the future because okay. I haven't coached at meets. I have coached at meets and I do enjoy it, so. Yeah. and I'll be doing uh pretty soon. yeah.
0: And if they want to follow you online, is your is your uh Instagram Ashton Ruska, or is it something else? I
2: can't even remember now. It's um, it, it's Ash, like A S H H one one seven. The one one seven from Halo.
0: Oh, Okay, there we oh, go. Okay. There we go.
2: <laughs> so if
0: anyone wants to follow him, there you go.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Feel free. to Shoot me a message. Always happy to talk.
0: All right, Ashton. Thank you very much for coming on, sir. Good luck with everything.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, guys.
0: No problem, buddy. Have a good
2: one. You too. Peace.
0: Pretty exciting now. See, so it is like. It's very difficult to get somebody who's had so much success um, doing something one way. We mean so much success. This guy's like smashing some huge, like unofficial world record. Yeah. Um, and switching things up, like he's he
1: switched up a lot. Well, to switch up to go <laughs> and switch up and go into a new me and be like, you know what? I'm gonna try high bar, hybrid sumo. And he may as well just throw, like, flat back bench or something in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just to finish it off. Yeah.
0: No, it's, um, I'm actually very (laughs) interested in seeing, because now that he's been tinkering with it, yeah, like, his gym numbers, if, to go off of gym numbers, and we're just talking percentages, um, he's just smacked, like, he took 800 for, 805 for a double. And undeads
1: look easy.
0: Look well, yeah. yeah.
1: So his, and his squat, everything is moving so good. And really, like, his squat meets always looked good. As you said, his biggest issue's always been depth. He's always had to retake attempts. Mm -hmm. So, if he's moving the same weight that he's capable of low bar, high bar, and depth isn't an issue, good night. Well, so, then it quickly turns to,
0: we're looking at Jesse Norris's GOAT, okay? If Jesse Norris's GOAT, based off of, like, the new Coefficiency, for me, switched up the debate a little, because I had said in the debate, the reason why I picked, picked Verbecki, he had so many world titles back to back to back, uh, like, like a dynasty he created, okay. and I said... Norse would have to do something so special if you're going to have if it was going to be such a small period that we're working with, such a small kind of um, sample size working with, you better hit something monumentally big for me to be able to give that to you. And now with the new coefficient, it looks like that one performance, which wasn't it was a local meet in Ohio, not a national meet. However, that local meet not only was the unofficial world record for his weight class. But the best it's single performance we've seen in the IPF history in the Classic yeah. Division, all weight classes, well, now, now it's very, I have now to it's change. Now it's monumental. Now that is the monumental. And I'm not, so I'm not necessarily changing uh, my criteria. Because I said at the time I, I would need to see something monumental. But perspective is everything. And the yeah. perspective on Jesse's previous performance changed with the coefficiency. Okay. So I don't I don't think I'm being a hypocrite by saying okay I might
1: even say Jesse's a ninety three kilo goat now. I I mean is that I fair? Say, I or think am I perfectly fair perfect? because I think if I remember correctly on the debate and I flipped back and forth between there's Becky and Ricks I think I took Ricks at the time. Yeah, for longevity. Yeah. Which is fair. It's it's hard to go against Jesse's performance now if when you, you look at it as a single greatest performance in IPF history. Like you could say like if I. And
0: that's just big thing. I get it. It was at a local meet. Was nationals. Wasn't worlds, but it was the biggest, regardless of weight class, worldwide ever.
1: And it, so that changes everything. And it's still the one that if you talk to ninety three kilo lifters now, it's still what they're chasing. It's the benchmark. So if they're not chasing the world record. The I mean, clearly they are. But yeah, but that's, that's they're just, still using that as this is where I want to be. The
0: greatness barometer. The goat barometer. Which leads me to my next question: If that is the goat barometer, if Ashton. Wins Nationals next year. He can't do Worlds next year. 2019. Well, I he should say do, next year. Yeah, it's this year, now. this year I'm not used to saying yeah. this year. But if Ashton wins Nationals and hits that goat barometer total, where does that put Ashton? Is he not only the 93-kilo goat? Does he become the overall? Uh, like this, things get. That's... that's yeah, both of us are afraid to say it right now. You
1: almost want to get there first
0: before you start saying
1: it. This it. Yeah, I think that's the thing, is we're putting the uh, the old cart before the horse sort of thing here right now. But We're saying it, but like,
0: if you're going to do it for one guy, do you not have to do it for the other? Because it'll be, look, it'll be two national titles for Ashton. Yeah. He will have defeated IPF world champions in comp,
1: right? Like, oh, he never won a
0: world title. No, but he'll be like a, a world champion. I BL, don't know if like, I could
1: crown him the IPF GOAT. And I still don't know if I could crown. I don't think I could crown Jesse that, just regardless the performance.
0: Yeah. See, I don't know. I now.
1: But he would it, become a three,
0: In my opinion. You mean I overall? Yeah. I P F goat when you said that. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant I'd say he's America's best. But you oh. Say okay. Sorry. Yeah. Hands.
1: No. I thought we were talking about like world's best. We RPF goat. Are.
0: No, we are. Okay. When you said I can't crown my P F goat, so, but what? I, okay. So let's get more specific. Are you saying you don't crown Jesse pound for pound regardless of weight? Oh, pound stuff? for
1: pound, you have to then based on the new formula. But in terms of, I think when you're talking IPF as a general, as an entire body, you have to take longevity and other things into criteria then as well. You have to take titles. You have to take. Okay, let me ask you something then.
0: Because I think we're, I thought that was those are two and one, the same. The goat is the goat. Yeah. Who is your goat? Right now? Don't give me two different goats. You you seem to have somehow I, fraction goat. I, <laughs> well, I have an IPF goat, I got a pound for pound goat. No, no. Who is the goat based off, and you, you, you have to not, the criteria is whatever it is you want
1: to give it. Who's your goat? I'm going to go with Ray then, still. Ray Williams? Yeah, for right now. Okay, okay, okay. That's. Even though the coefficient drop rate is seventh place? He's still biggest total, he's still. Okay. Okay. And 93 kilo goat? Well, right now i got to give it to Jesse. Okay. Fair enough.
0: I could get, I could, I could, could deal can, with that. And I would say, you know what, like, okay. Yeah. The, the biggest, the hardest point is that fucking cool efficiency out. It's Jesse's got the best performance we've oh, ever seen yeah. ever. Even though it's a local meet and no one gave a shit about who's the local. We don't even know the local
1: title he won. But that's I mean, the greatest thing. That's the nice thing. It's, it's tough. That's the nice thing, though, is now at least you can say flat out Jesse has the best performance ever. Yeah. Uh, you know what? if, if That, doesn't, has, that know, doesn't make you GOAT. Because it's a one-off. It's a one-off. It's like Buster Douglas destroyed my exactly. pencil.
0: But it's like, yeah, but can't, how many times did he do that? I get it. I get it. And I, I'm... You could swing both ways. You know how hard this is to do? It's a fucking tough banana to peel, isn't that my friend? And Ashton... Um, if Ashton takes
1: that... Should I be worried? Ashton took a picture of us and sent it to us. <laughs> that's, uh, I think he did that on purpose by accident. <laughs> but when they say people on Skype, they take pictures. Of
0: you be careful. Ashton doesn't know what he's doing. Accidentally took a fucking screenshot. I was, hey bud, I didn't give you permission for that. That's I had my shirt on this this time. Yeah. Anyways, that's... watch yourself. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I didn't have pants on. He doesn't see that. But um, <laughs> but okay. So what? Real quick. I don't want to the horn on this, but I just want to hammer down. But if Ashton takes. Jesse's total is the 93 kilo goal because he'll have to sing his biggest performance yeah. regardless
1: of weight class. I think he does. And is he now in debate he, of he takes the same amount of he's got the same amount of national titles at that point he's got the total. Such a fucking we're going to have to cross this bridge when we yeah. get here.
0: The waters are so murky right now I don't even know what to call it. I know people are going to get rattled and be like what the shit are you guys and saying? And throw
1: another thing and we haven't even thrown between weight class or between like men and Women, if you want to throw in an entire goat.
0: Yeah. Overall, regardless Overall goat, regardless of... goat, regardless of... Yeah. That
1: gets tougher and tougher. It gets... we need two yeah.
0: different Coefficiency formulas. At least we did with Wilkes. I'm pretty sure we will with this one. As I game. believe it's the same. Yeah, I think it's two different coefficients. So then it's a little tougher to match because it's not exactly apples to apples. So, sometimes we distinguish between men and women. Yeah. But anyways, good debates. Um Let us know what you guys think. By all means... Throw it in the comments. Throw it in your messages. I get, whenever we got an episode like this, I get messages. I love it. And I'll debate you in a, in a message. We'll go back and forth debating uh, sports talk. I love sports talk. I'm the guy who's at fucking work on his phone getting into, a, I'm the powerlifting nerd getting into a fade on who's a 93 kilo oh, yeah. in the classic division. You know yes. what I mean? Like this is all good. Uh, and by all means, give us a, uh, give us high ratings, put it up in your stories. I will repost it. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm fucking excited to see what Ashton does, especially given, you know, it's exciting when the guy's already this good, retools, and then goes, wait until I reveal yeah. the package. You know, because judging by his... his he just like the fact he said reveal package. Hey, yo, that's fucking screenshot. That's, hash, that's, hashtag screenshot and Skype.
2: But, <laughs> um,
0: anyways, guys,
1: thanks for tuning in from Six Pack at And Paul Moranzen, underscore lifts. Until next time. Peace.